Welcome back to uh, another episode of Coffee in Christ, episode 30. Part 2. Again. Whoop. 30. Part 2. Again. Whoop. <laughs> if Look. you couldn't tell, we're on episode 30. Yeah. A Again. Little, a little backstory, because, you see, when did we last do the episode 30? It was... It's been a, it was three weeks. Of, it, yeah, three weeks or something like that. Three weeks ago, yeah. maybe? We apologize for the delay, but we have good excuses. We thought our microphones were broken. Because it sounded horrible. Yeah, I don't know if you caught, any of y'all caught episode 30. Like, I still think mine sounds weird right now. But we've, we've tested it a bunch of times. And, and it sounds fine. And it sounds fine. But it sounded what? Like, how would you describe it? An alien ape. It's like... <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it was super bad. But... So, should we do the good things of what happened three weeks ago? <laughs> I can't remember that oh. far back. Oh, yeah, you can. It was the, the that weekend we did. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, I know what happened three weeks ago. I remember in the episode we talked about you know, a verse. Four. I had to had to read about man and woman. Uh, oh yes, we had a, that was such a good episode. And it it just, was, and it's sad. It scrap. So <laughs> me and Jackson went to the Lizzo concert, yeah, we did. and it quite possibly could have been the best night of my life. It was pretty good, and she's coming back to Thompson Bowling Arena. Yeah. I may have to go again. You can get tickets. I may have to go again. That'd be awesome. Because I... Listen, I don't care what, what <laughs> anybody else thinks. I'll tell anybody. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. I, I love her. I don't know why. <laughs> I like her. Not the same amount as you, yeah. but I do like her. Dylan has an obsession. Not an obsession. I don't, I, don't, I don't have like posters of her, like stuff like that. I do have the shirt. <laughs> One shirt. I put it on the other day, and Aubrey goes, No! No! Oh, worse. <laughs> I was like... No, this is... This is it. This is it. This is the real me. So, well, I wear it at my family's Thanksgiving. There's a good chance. Really? Not really. I oh, but I'd be like, what? Well, I wear it at Black Friday shopping, probably. That would be fun. I know. I could wear it at my Thanksgiving. We could, we could do it. We could match. We could match. But, but yeah, that was... Wow. I just can't. It's hard to put it into words. I mean, three weeks, a lot of good things have happened. I know. Um... So many good things, I can't think of one. Yeah, I know. I can just like, put my finger on. That was fun. Um, Ty's home. I went right. to Texas. Yeah. Um, met a glorious lady named Thelma. Thelma. At the airport. Thelma, if you're listening, I'm still not good at solitaire. <laughs> but we played solitaire together yeah. on her iPad. Multiplayer. Multiplayer. She beat me four times, and I oh. respectfully declined the last game. So she was just like, you want to go get? Yeah, and I said... I think I, I don't think so. That was a nice of you to do at least four times. She was lonely. Aww. Her husband passed away. Oh. She was going to her kids live in Denver and Dallas. We were flying to Dallas, and so uh, she was going to visit her kids. She lives in Nashville by herself, but she has friends. Aww. She was going to visit one of her friends that's in a nursing home in, in Texas, as well. Wow. So I thought she was just like making nice conversation, and she was like, "Do you know how to play solitaire?" And I looked at her and said, yes. Thinking she was just going to be like, oh, that's cool. I do too. No. 
<laughs> she puts it in two-player mode and slides it across the table. And I went, oh. all right, Thelma, you're going down. <laughs> but she didn't go down. She didn't. I went down in a blaze of glory. Um, well, that was nice of you. No, Jackson woke up and took me to the airport that morning. I did. At the bud crack of dawn. I was surprisingly wide awake. That's good. I'm more awake earlier than in the mornings than I think I am like mid morning. Once I get out of bed, I'm good. That's true. Me too. And out of the shower, then I'm ready for the day. It's just that initial, the shock. Get up. Yeah. I was not late to work. I've been getting to work earlier, but uh, I think it was Monday. I had my alarm set for five twenty, and I was having a dream. Five twenty. Yeah, because that means I can be at work by like six fifteen, six twenty. Why Today I slept in a little bit. I have so much to do. It's not even funny. That's my that's my quiet time at my desk while I do things. But anyway, uh, get up at five twenty, shower, get ready, leave here by six, get there by like six ten. That's where the Bojangles stop if I go. But anyway, I Monday, my alarm was going off in my dream. It was not a dream. It was going off, and I kept <laughs> sleeping. Like I kept snoozing it in my dream. I was snoozing the alarm in real life, but I thought it was just a part that's of... talent right there. I thought it was a part of... And I woke up at... I think I woke up at six, and I'm like, Dad, damn it. That's talent. That wasn't a dream. But, yeah, I mean, everything's been going great. Church is good. They're renovating the building. Uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of... I don't know. That's kind of what's happened. It's last hard to wrap up three things, like three weeks into... I know. A little short sentence. But take it away. It's your turn. Well, it's obviously Lizzo. Oh. We'll, we'll go three weeks. Woo. We'll work this way. So three weeks ago, if you're Lizzo. For a sign, I'm it. Ooh. Sorry about that. I couldn't contain that. <laughs> it came out of me like the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Yeah, Praise right. God. Uh, Lizzo. And I'm trying to think what they're doing next week. I know one weekend we watched the Tennessee-Georgia game. That was ridiculous. Even though we lost. Ridiculous. It was still fun because Dylan's family came down and yeah. we ate nice food and so it was still a good weekend. I can't remember if that was the second weekend or you know what it all runs together. Um, what else good? And it's hunting season. Like gun season opens up this weekend, so swabbit season. Well, I'm not bitten yet, so maybe I'll go this weekend. You should. It probably will be really good. But it's gonna be so cold. And I, I know don't, that. That's what makes it fun. I don't. It doesn't make it fun. It makes me miserable. No, you gotta bundle up and you just kind of. That's sit one there. of the things I hate. Like one thing I hate most in this life is being cold. Yeah, I agree. But yet my hands are always cold. You gotta get the hot hands. Always. See, they're cold. Your hands my are hands colder. Are colder. Ooh. Sit down. <laughs> Ooh. Well, anyway, sorry. Continue. You should hold my toes if you think those are cold. I don't want to touch your toes. Probably a smart idea. <laughs> but no, the cold is what makes it fun. No. You just get some no. hands and you just go. Mm, 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 I sit mm. here and go. Mm, mm, get me out of this tree. It's cold. No, you just gotta bundle up and you'll be all right. I don't have a lot. My, my hunting clothes. I need to go get all new hunting clothes. It's time. That's what I did, and I was in the move. Yeah, it's time. Cause now I'm like prepared. I have everything. I'm not. But I'm. I'm still gonna go. Probably. Good. Saturday. Since it's big gun time. Yeah, it is. It's when the real the real fun begins. And my uncle Mike is here from Indiana, so Aww. he'll be there. So I'll probably go. Yeah, that'll be nice. And we have friendsgiving Saturday night, Saturday True. afternoon. We have not set a time for that. I thought it would be like a like a, almost like a close to dinner kind of. That's thing. How I thought too. Like a five or so, but 
You know what? We have a group chat. It's okay. Anyway. Th- that's it. Lizzo in the game? Yeah, that's, that's your it. two highlights? Well, uh, that, yeah, that's about it. I've spent some time with my grandparents and started working down here in Cookville more, so don't have to drive as much. Don't have to get up as early as much. It, was, it all runs together. It's all a good week. It's all good. Good. But. Well, since we're a re-recording episode 30, we're going part back two. to Matthew 18. Yeah. That's part of 18. I think... I'm, we were talking about it. I think that we ended right before the parable on Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 21. And in the part one episode, we went all the way through verse 10 of chapter 19. But we will see what the night holds. See what comes of the evening. Which I hope. <laughs> <laughs> you ever try to end a yawn early and it doesn't work? You ever tried to force no. your mouth closed? I do it all the time. Like, I'll yawn and I'll be like... But then it keeps going, and it just looks goofy. But no. I do that a lot. I try to fight it. I feel like you want you on you yawn more than anyone I've seen. <sighs> I didn't try to force that one. Like I don't usually. I don't think I yawn that much. But you, it's like very normal. I don't yawn a lot if I don't think about it. But if I'm in a like talking to people, when I preach, you know how much I fight yawns. Really. It's bad. When I sing, when I lead singing, I fight them. Really? And I have to like push it out of my mind that you can't do this right now, and I won't. But I yawn when I'm public speaking or talking that's weird. on this. I don't know why. Well, that's kind of cool. I mean, it could be like autism, maybe. But I don't think so. <laughs> I saw this thing, and then we'll get into this. I saw okay. this thing on TikTok, which is the most reliable news source that I have currently. And it said that people who rub their feet together before they go to sleep in their bed, have autism. Oh my gosh, Emmeline does that. I do that. And I can't go to sleep unless my toes are moving. So like at night when I'm about like falling asleep, you know where you're in that like stage where yeah. like you're you're asleep but you're like you're going into the sleep. Yeah. Like I have to move my toes around or else I won't go to sleep. So like if you're like sleeping next to me and you're like, what is that noise? It's just my toes moving around, <laughs> you know. But but I, I I put my feet together and I move my feet and stuff. But like it said if you do that, if you do that, you have autism. So oh my gosh, I believe that's all the evidence that I need to finally make the diagnosis that millions have been wondering: Does Dylan have autism? And the answer is yes. For TikTok, yes, he does. So there's your daily news update. I'm gonna say that in class tonight. No, I'm not. you're gonna say that. no. I'm, I'm not gonna say that in class tonight. But I guess should be a doctor. Maybe comes kid comes in for mental check. You got repeat together? Yeah, oh, I do it. Yep. No, no need for an MRI. We know you have it. Wow. But anyway, the things you learn. That's the thing. When, when I, that's my. I'm not nervous, but I mean that's just what I do. I yawn. You're I don't know why. Your feet together. I really don't know why. That's interesting. Like I didn't yawn all day today. Yeah, at work. Never yawned like three times. Huh? You've yawned like three times. I know. Sitting right in the span of. It doesn't tell me the time we've been recording, but approximately 355. Clicks on my computer. It's about we've been doing this for like six minutes, I think. Okay, yawning every two Maybe minutes a on more, average. But I might be way off on that. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. 
There's your daily rabbit trail. I like how we diagnose you every week. Well, I mean, I don't mean to. It's not. <laughs> we just discover these things. And, you know, we don't diagnose me every week. I know, but it seems to be a theme. You, but, like, find something else about yourself. You're like, yeah. I have autism. Maybe I should talk to a therapist <laughs> instead. But we're here. I'm happy. We're here. <laughs> That's all that matters. Anyway. Matthew 18. 18. Do you want to read me? Read. Um... Verse I think you should. Okay. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. As many as... Actually, no. You know we what? have already this, done this. This, I, this makes... I, it's come back to me. 23. Excuse me. We're going to start on verse 23. Because I remember talking about that our last thing. There it is again. I'm definitely on. 23. Therefore, <laughs> the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, and that all that he had in payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, having patience with him, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him of the debt. But when that servant, when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii and seized him. He began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Having patience with me, and I will pay you. Uh, he refused and went and put him into prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. You should not, and, excuse me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. There it is. There you have it. Good job. That was, that was a lot. I'm sorry. Uh, um, so starting in verse 23, you know, Jesus is continuing to, to speak. and we, we went over several parables already. Um, but he's speaking here and opening up, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle the accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay his master, ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had in payments to be made. Okay, so after this happens, and we won't read all that, the servant fell down, and basically what he's trying to teach here in this parable is, you know, we all have a past. And, you know, it's hard to think about this, but, you know, everybody has some sort of story before they found Christ, maybe. Yeah, I like to think that everyone's a Saul before a Paul. Right. And so everyone has like this moment of realization where you're just like, oh, wow. Then I need to do I'm something different. Up. Huh? I was like, I am messing up. I know. Oh. I can't hear you through my earphones. I don't know why. Oh, really? I can't hear you at all. Oh. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> but um, we're just going to roll with it. But it's it's talking about this person that you are before you encounter Christ. And whether you want to realize you had that about yourself or not. But Jesus is saying, you know, don't forget who you are, you know, before you found me. Because, you know, we tend to 
to judge people, we tend to, to think, oh, why would they do that? Or how dumb can you be if that happens when maybe you made the same mistakes a while back and you just don't think about that, you know? Uh, well, yeah, I tried to, uh, all of this is connected, obviously. And so if you remember three weeks ago, uh, we talked about if a brother sins against you and we're talking about how the church forgives other people. And this parable being about forgiveness, Jesus is just showing how forgiving we should be because if we're not, then God's not going to be forgiving with us. And you can look at the amount that the servant owed in the first place, 10,000 talents. I looked it up. That's about $195 million to us. That's crazy. I mean, you couldn't imagine owing that much money. Although Jeff Bezos donated $100 million to Dolly Parton. I so, I mean, that. like, obviously it's not that unfathomable for somebody, for Jeff some can, people. Jeff can do it, you can do it. Come exactly. On. So, You're just not hustling hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, and for I would I think I would say 98% of the, the human population, that's an unfathomable amount. And so, if... Like you said, we all have a past. We've all sinned before, and and Jesus is there to just forgive us. He's forgiven us from all the sins that we've that we've committed. And then when it comes to a fellow Christian, or maybe not even a fellow Christian, just an, another person uh, who wrongs us or something like that, and we immediately snap because we have shown no forgiveness, no mercy to him. And then and he says it right here: if we don't show that to him, then we shouldn't expect any mercy or forgiveness for us. I'm thinking about what's going on here. This servant that was forgiven a debt that he had goes out and finds somebody else that owes him a hundred denarii mm-hmm. and says, you know, pay what you owe or else or, or whatever. So he refused and went and put him into prison until he should pay the debt. So he literally just got through this altercation of being forgiven himself. And then he goes and throws somebody else in the prison for owing him money. That's the biggest form of hypocrisy I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. You know, because he just got out of that situation and forgetting the mercy that he was shown, forgetting everything, he's just like, well, I'm going to go and throw this guy into prison or I'm going to go and make his life miserable. You know, we we just forget where we came from. We forget what we deserve, which is nothing. Right. And we see other people in our lives who are, you know, caught in sin or you know, live an alternative lifestyle or or whatever, and we immediately want to throw stones. The church is horrible about this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm okay to say that. The church is so horrible about throwing people into prison when we forget who we are. We forget the situation. And not not literally throwing somebody into prison, but I hope you, you catch my, you know, connection here of, you know, don't cast stones at people when... We're the ones who are also in the ring, if that makes sense. Don't don't throw a stone at somebody when we also used to be in that same place. Yeah. And, and maybe sometimes we still are, yeah. you know. And so that's what Jesus is trying to teach here. And, and you think about, <clears throat> you know, the amount of talents that were owed compared to a denarii, which is much significantly smaller, you know. But you go to a hundred and... 100 plus million or whatever and you think well, that's that's an unfathomable amount of money you know why would they even use that comparison we have an unfathomable unfathom unfath 
Say it. Unfathomable. Unth- <laughs> You're starting with a. It needs a unfathomable. There you go. Amount of sin. Yeah, that that took all the weight <laughs> off of what I was about to say. That is an unfathomable. That was still wrong. An it un- sounds like you're rapping almost. Unfathomable. An unfathomable yeah. amount. That's still wrong. Of money. No, you got it. But we have an unfathomable amount of sin. Like that's. I'm gonna stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. That that's embarrassing. Uh, that is. You know. We have a lot of sin. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you know, we, we make mistakes every day to, to mess up. And then, you know, you think about somebody who is, is stuck in credit card debt, somebody who has a lot of credit card debt. You know, when did that debt start? When Because it didn't just, you didn't inherit it. Inherit it. Good grief. You <laughs> applied for a credit card. They approved you. Credit card comes in the mail. You have a zero credit card debt. None. And then transaction after transaction after minimum payment after minimum payment after transaction. And you look back and you're in $5,000 worth of debt. And you're like, what happened? You know, that's an unfathomable amount of debt that I have. But it happened because little things over time added up. And now you're like, whoa, this is bad. (laughs) I'm in trouble. That's the way our sin is. You know, little things... Add up, add up, add up to where you're you're living this life of sin. You're caught up in sin, and you're like, "How did this ever happen?" And then, and that happens to other people too. You know, maybe we found, you know, a way to to get rid of that sin, get rid of the the weight of it by asking for forgiveness. We found that, but just because somebody else hasn't found that doesn't mean we can just be like, "He's stupid." Yeah, you're dumb, because that's not the way God designed things to be. Yeah, you know, we need to look at people for their soul not for the mistakes that they've made. Because I would hate someone to put all my mistakes up on a wall and then me have to stand in front of it. Yeah, I would hate that. Because there's things that I've done that I don't want people to know about, mm-hmm. that I'm embarrassed about. And everybody's that way. So why do we feel like, as Christians, when we see somebody else caught in sin, why do we want to put all their sins on a wall and blast them? When ours is covered with a black sheet because we don't want anybody to see it. Yeah, You know, that, that, that thing... And maybe it sounds like I'm ranting, and maybe it's because I am. But, I mean, Christians, they just, they ride this spiritual high horse and don't remember where they came from. They don't remember when they first applied for that credit card of sin, and then they looked back at one point and were like, oh, no, but I found the Savior. Well, just because someone hasn't found the Savior doesn't mean that you can judge them. Because how are you going to bring more people to heaven if all you're doing is pointing fingers at them? Right. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way God's love is supposed to work. Right. I think you cleaned that up very nicely. Sorry about Unfathomably. that. I have an unfathomable amount of speech problems. <laughs> so, anyway. Anyway. Chapter 19. This is a little weird. We're going to... We're splitting... splitting That's unfathomable. Unfathomable idea. I'm going to never stop saying that. You could have just said, like, unimaginable. That's crazy. How about that? It's crazy to be good. Let's just stick with five letters and not go crazy. Crazy. Not go... Never mind. Okay. Anyway. Chapter 19. You want to read? Me read? Um, I can read. Um, so, starting in verse 1. Now, when Jesus had finished his sayings, he went away from Galilee and entered the re- region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. And Pharisees, shocker, came up what? to him. 
tested him by saying, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And he answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Um, and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, so that they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, and remember that, let no man separate. So, should I talk about what I talked about in the last episode, do you think? In, I think we had this same conversation before you talked about it. I think so, too. Should I, think I, I think I was just like, go for it. I think I'll say it again. Yeah, go so for it. So, in verse 4, we have this, he answered, have you not read that um, who created them, God, from the beginning made them male and female. So, me and Jackson were at this Lizzo concert, and she has this song. That I, and that I refuse to listen to. I will not look it up. It makes me mad when I hear it. Makes me still love Lizzo, but makes me kind of look at her and be like, why did you do that? You know. But she has a song called Everybody's Gay. And when I first saw the title, I'm like, oh, everybody's happy. You know, ah. That, that's, what the, the, that's what it was used for in, like, and then in the 80s. Like, that's now, yeah, now it's, it's... So we're in Bridgestone Arena, and... The rainbow is just everywhere. On all the screens, they've got rainbow lights everywhere, and everybody's just screaming and hollering, and she's saying, you know, if somebody comes at you because you're gay, whatever. And that infuriates me. Because, you know, and don't take this the wrong way, I'm not casting judgment, I'm not being mean when I say this, but how can we read what we just read in verse 4 and people think that's okay? You know, but the original thought process um, to this comment from the other episode that we're having to re- retape was, you know, how are Christians supposed to compete with that? You know, we have us who, and again, I'm, I'm not casting judgment, but I will stand for the truth. You know, and I think that's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you for something, but I will stand up for what's right. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that. I'm, I'm okay to do that. But That was a really good quote. By the way, being, I'm going to say it, being homosexual is a sin. You will go to hell for it because there will be no sin in heaven. Mm -hmm. Because there is no gray area. There is nothing you can say because God speaks and says man and woman. And just because you speak and say, well, I think, doesn't matter. God spoke. Keep your mouth shut. That's, That's the reality of it. And, but my question was, People like me, who are standing for the truth, people like us, Christians, how can we compete with a Bridgestone Arena full, 30 plus thousand people, standing for that? Yeah. I wouldn't even stand up. Well, I think I did stay standing, but I don't think I like, everyone's clapping, I just stood there. Yeah. Because I'm like, this, but I mean, there was 30 plus thousand people who, I didn't see anybody in my direct eyesight that wasn't screaming and hollering and how are we supposed to compete with that? Yeah. What are we as Christians supposed to do to compete with something like that? It's hard because we've been labeled. Like yeah. We, like we've been labeled as as somebody who's like casting judgment and and puts it uh, as soon as they hear something about same sex marriage, they're like sin, which is right. It is. But I feel like we just approach it sometimes the wrong way. Well, there's a difference. There's a difference. It's like well, what the quote that I just said. There's a difference for. Then there's a difference in standing for what's right and casting judgment on somebody. Like 
if I, and this is just, this is me for an example. Like, if I know that I'm right about something, I'll say something. Yeah. And that's just who I am. I'm not being rude. But like, if I know for 100% fact, and I have to know that I'm right, then, I, then I'll stand for what's, then I'll stand by it. Right. You know, if there's a gray area, I may make a comment as an opinion, but I'm not going to say, you know, if that's my opinion, it's my opinion. Yeah. We've all got them. But if I know that I'm right, then I'll say, hey, this is what is right. This is what I think. But I think that because here's what it's based on. Right, yeah. And too often, Christians, and I'll just loop us all together, Christians, they're standing for what's right, and that's great. But they're casting judgment at the same time. Yeah. How many times in the scripture does it say, preach the word in love? Exactly. And I, I feel like a lot of times when, and you can say this with like preachers who preach hellfire and brimstone about com- a completely different subject besides same-sex marriage, and say that going to hell and you're, you know, you're living a life of sin and you know where sin goes, download, but never preaches on what we just read in the parable of the forgiving servant about God's unfathomable amount of forgiveness that, right. he's, that he's giving us. And, you know, my thing, this is, the, and I'm just using this as an example. I'm not putting myself on the pedestal and saying it's right. But, you know, I have a friend that I room with in college. And if he listens to this, he can he can attest to it because he knows exactly what I said to him. But came out as gay. And he called to tell me that that's what he that that's what he decided. And my response to him, I remember exactly where I was. I was in my truck at the Double Springs Community Center a few days after Christmas. And maybe January. And I was sitting in there talking to him on the phone. And I said, you know, I don't agree with that. And I think it's wrong because I I know what the Bible says about it. But I support you, but I don't support this. You know, we still interact. We still talk. I'm going to have him over to my house for dinner one night soon. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean I can look at him and say, why would you do that? You know, you're you're stupid. You're you're vile. I mean, that's say the truth and stand up for it. But then ultimately, it's his choice, yeah. and or his or her choice. Now that we're you know, but speak the truth, but don't judge people for it. Yeah. Because there were so many times that people were caught in sin, and Jesus continued to serve them, and be there for them, and do things for them. But didn't remind them every time they were wrong. Right. He still did it. Yeah. So I don't know what's happened in translation with Christians, but we have we caused a problem. Mm-hmm. You know that sin's a problem, but how are we how we react to it is a problem too because it's just turning people away from Christ. Right. And that's not that's that's the opposite of our goal. Your goal is to get. A lot of people in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. but we're giving him a bad rap and saying, "Well, Jesus hates you." That, that's the furthest thing I've ever heard. Jesus oh, yeah. loves you. It doesn't matter. Absolutely, Jesus loves you. I love you, but I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. And again, I'm not 
watering down. Don't water down the truth. Right. Yeah. Don't say, just say, that's wrong. Sorry, I don't agree with you, but maybe we can just agree to disagree and roll on. Yeah. You know, and that's, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that I'm better than anybody else by saying hey, that's how I handled that situation. But, you know, I grew up in a very conservative circuit of the church. And that's the way the way I used to think was, you darn, you're going to hell. Yeah. You're you're ridiculous. And that's the way I used to think. But now I'm like, no, 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 that's not right. That's mm-hmm. not that's not how you should handle that kind of stuff. Yeah. I just I think it all stems back to how we approach things. Like how, Well, think like about Jesus and Judas. Yeah. He think knew. about and this is bigger than I mean, he was plotting his demise. He was plotting to murder him, or at least helping the way of murdering him yeah, for a couple of bucks, and Jesus still let him eat that night. Jesus still washed his feet. Jesus still did all these things, though he knew that he was going to basically sell him out, kill him. And it all started with Judas. Judas is the one that made that all possible. Yeah. And Jesus was still like, "Come sit at my table and eat. Mm-hmm. Let me wash your feet. Let me serve you." Where are people mixing this up? Yeah. You know, that's my rant is over now. But I think it was great. Sometimes that's just necessary. that's just what I think. Yeah. What I feel. What do you feel? It's unfathomable. <laughs> but but anyway, so now <laughs> what Matthew nineteen is teaching is divorce. Yes. So you go you talk about divorce. Did you read all the way through? I'm sorry. Um, I read two. I didn't know if you stopped at four or not. Or after no, four. I stopped at six. Six. Okay, perfect. So a little, little backstory. A little, you know, where we're at right now. Jesus is on his way. He's left Capernaum, and in remember he left it in chapter 17, and now he's on his way to Perea, which is across went away from the Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and he's actually going to Perea. And the reason why the Pharisees are following him now, because, you know, obviously Pharisees just want to ruin a man's day, is because the Pharisees and the Romans have a power-sharing role. They, you know, they, they share the money, that they have so much power over everyone, not only the Jews. And so Perea is one of the two regions that um, Herod Antipas... Antipas controls. He's the one who beheaded John the Baptist. Antipas. Antipas. Okay, thank you. Um, And so the Pharisees are now trying to um, get Jesus to slip up like John did. John, you remember that Herod uh, married uh, Herodias, uh, his brother's wife, and so John the Baptist called him out on it. And so they're trying to make Jesus basically do the same thing where the Romans have a reason to kill Jesus uh, or a reason to at least take him captive because right now he's doing nothing wrong. But they're trying to get Jesus on Herod's bad list. And so they ask him a question about divorce. And basically there's two, there's two camps you can fall into. Uh, the rabbinical teaching falls into these two camps. It's either the conservative view that taught the only possible reason of divorce was to break the marital bond and unfaithfulness in the in marriage. And then the liberal view was actually kind of, I, I don't know, uh, extreme because, I mean, they found almost 
almost any offense was essential for uh, for divorce. Uh, like you could burn a pot of beans, and then that was on that was on the grounds of divorce. And so they were just asking Jesus to pick a side. And so he wasn't really. He didn't obviously pick the liberal view. He went conservative, and I think he went a little farther out of conservative than you know normal. But Jesus begins in chapter in chapter nineteen, verse four. He begins as we've already talked about the basics of marriage between a male and a female. And this body, this these two bodies hint a union that God establishes. And God did not create two independent people. He created a man, then took apart and put into the female and made a female. And then so this is this is literally where the term one flesh comes from. Is that because they're both one flesh together. And so if we go through the Bible, um, he first talks about uh, a marriage is a covenant. And we've heard covenants all along. They're, they're just a, a documentation, a, a, a spoken alliance of some kind. And then after the covenant is in the one flesh relationship. And this establishes that physical union and it, you cannot have one without the other kind of deal. And when divorce happens, the marriage covenant is broken, but the one flesh relationship remains the same. So you cannot, Jesus is saying, you cannot get divorced. I mean, you cannot remarry, I would say, without the one flesh covenant breaking. You can break the marriage covenant that's easy to do i mean you can uh, that's on grounds of i don't know you just have you might have a bad day and she might have a bad day but you still cannot get remarried in the sight of god and then so we kind of keep going down and jesus uh the pharisees bring in the old law that moses written in deuteronomy chapter 24 and jesus is defending moses that he's not he's see moses didn't command divorce in Deuteronomy, oh, I'm struggling with that word. It's like unfathomable. Unfathomable Deuteronomy. <laughs> well, I've never been able to say that word. De- Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. I always say it like, omni. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Anyway. I don't know. But Moses isn't permitting it. He he's rather. There's a big difference in commanding it and permitting it. And so Jesus is defending Moses's law by saying. That he was protecting women in general because back then women had basically no rights whatsoever. If you were if you were married to somebody and got divorced, you were abandoned. Like you would be lucky if somebody would take you up because they would not risk even doing breaking that law of adultery because adultery back then was punishable by death. And so the whole the whole form of divorce came from the whole written law is that it was to protect women. And so Jesus, so Moses created it so that when a woman and a man wanted to get divorced, the man would sign their certificate allowing the woman to remarry, thus she wouldn't have to be abandoned. How nice. Uh, and then we kind of keep talking, uh, Keep he keeps going down. You only went to six, right? Mm-hmm. So should I read more? If you want to. Okay. Um... Verse 7, they said to him, why then did, oh my goodness, I just talked about okay. this. That's so embarrassing. They said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and send her away? And he said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. 
And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another uh, commits adultery. The disciples said to him, actually, we'll just stop right there. Care to comment? No? Okay. All right. We'll keep going. I thought we were... You did. You did last episode. Um, I, oh, I can. No, so, you did last episode. That's why I just. You, well, here's a, here's the thing, and I, I just didn't want to go on another rant. Go this ahead. is a, go this ahead. is another one of my rant verses. I discovered these in Bible college because everybody loved it, because like we would be reading in class, and my class. See, I was very outspoken. Yeah. And none of my classmates were, so like our teacher, well, we would be reading through it, and the teacher would be like, "Professor is like, what do you think?" And it was just like crickets. And I'd go, well, I think, you know, I don't, <laughs> don't let, don't give me the floor if you don't want me to talk. So, you know, it says in verse nine, and I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. So here's another, you know, pivotal moment where Jesus is speaking God inspired truth that we somehow can't figure out. That if we like it or not, yeah, that's that's the that's the reality of it. He, I mean, we're speaking Father God inspired truth, and people are still like, yeah, well, but I don't like my mother in law, so therefore <laughs> divorce papers, or I, I don't like the way that my wife cooks bread. <laughs> yeah, divorce divorce papers. papers. <laughs> Sorry, but here we go. But we see this truth, and we're just not agreeing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are so many things, and people are, you know, they're rushing into marriage. People my age, and this is, I, I believe this. You know, people, I'm 22, I'm not married. And people are just like, oh my goodness, Dylan's not married. No, I'm good. I'm happy with that, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that, because... A marriage that God intends to come together, God is going to do on his time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many people don't don't listen to that. Don't understand that what two people that God bring together is immovable. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not fate. It's not, you know, you saw this one girl at a guy. God knows who I'm going to marry. Yeah. God knows who you're going to marry. And... Whether we think that it's the person that we're with now or not, doesn't matter. God knows what's going to happen in our lives if we're following him. But, again, people are rushing into marriages and people are are realizing that they are making a covenant for life. No ands, ifs, or buts about it unless somebody commits sexual immorality. Mm. And, again... That's not me. That's not my word. It's not my opinion. That's that's God's truth. Yeah. Says, here's why you can get divorced. If somebody passes away or somebody commits sexual immorality, then you can't get divorced. That that is what it is. You know, now there are other things that and I don't want to dive into this a whole lot, but you know, there are people that I know that have gotten divorced for other things. You know, I'm not gonna tell you, I think this is what I talked about a little bit last time. You know, if someone comes to me and says, you know, my husband or wife is mean to me and I'm afraid of them and they've helped me at gunpoint or they've beat me or I'm not just, I'm not going to say you cannot get married. <laughs> no divorce. No. But one thing that people have to understand is we're not breaking the covenant 
as long as we don't get remarried. You know, because if if I'm married and my wife beats me or whatever, and it's to the point that I'm afraid or I want to get out, again, I'm not going to say, well, you know what it says in Matthew. You know, the, the, the correct response to that is, you know, okay, get divorced. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand you cannot remarry. You cannot be married because what two what God brought two people together, and if that person decides to stray away from the Christian marriage, but they're not doing it on terms of sexual immorality, okay, well we're going to get divorced, but I'm not going to get remarried. Yeah, you know, and I don't remember what what I said last time. There's no telling, honestly, <laughs> but but that's that's where I'm at on on that. I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that kind of sums it up all the way. I, I wanted to add one more uh, little detail about what's on the lines for divorce and and remarried, I should say, because we discussed that. In Romans chapter 7, verse 2, Paul's writing says, For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. So that's saying that if the husband or the wife was to die, that is breaking the marriage covenant and the one flesh covenant and thus gives you, I guess, permission to remarry. But that again, that's personal preference. I probably would not. Yeah, I think think we've talked about that. I think me and Dylan have decided that we probably would not. Even if I got married tomorrow and my spouse died Friday, I don't think I'd ever get remarried again. I really don't. Yeah. Um, But you know, that's just what we need to understand and we can kind of end on this, talking about the grounds of divorce. you know, don't don't rush into a marriage. You need to understand the weight of what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know so many people that I went to school with that, that I'm just like, what? Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but when, when and that's the thing, you know, I've, I've done several weddings. Business is booming, you know, but. We talked about that. I remember talking about Business that. is great. The business <laughs> I don't charge anything yeah. for is just crazy, you know. But, you know, I, I married some some of my good friends from school and a good Christian couple. Married them, I don't know, a month ago, a month and a half ago. And that's kind of always what I say. when I, And I, it's, it's, it's a joke, but it's also not. So, you know, when I sign the marriage forms, you're married. Yeah. Like, by Tennessee state law, you're married. When I sign the paper. Mm-hmm. So I always say, before I sign it, are you sure? Because when I sign this, bound by law, yeah. you're married. You know, in God's eyes, you're married. Yeah. When I sign this, are you sure? Yeah. And everybody laughs. And I always say, it's not a joke. Yeah. Are you sure? You know, I said it, I can say his name, but when I married Brad from work, he got the biggest kick out of that. And I'm like... Not kidding. This is a life. This is for life. I'm gonna sign it. Don't mess it up. Yeah. You know. So don't don't rush into things. You know. <clears throat> Trust God's plan in your life. When He brings two people together to make them one, it's not on your time. That's something that God is doing in your life that He wants that He's gonna to bring together. And don't rush into it because you're afraid. Wait. It's okay. Absolutely. You know because marriage is something that is a big deal. And you may not think it's a big deal, but God thinks it's a big deal. Absolutely. And whatever God says, no matter what I think, I'm going to do it.
So, but that is our remake of episode 30. Hopefully it works. So, we hope you all are staying warm out there. It's a little chilly. It's 41. I had to get up and halfway through and turn the heat on because my hands are just freezing. <laughs> but unfathomable cold snap we're having. So, have a great week. God loves you. We love you. I'm a, I do most of the time. Uh, just kidding. I love you too. Deuces. Yeah.